0: Uh, good evening. everybody. We're, we're starting now, uh, just to um, give a little recap of um, the uh, previous session on Tfila. That was two weeks ago, where we uh, touched on some, uh, I think, quite uh, important points. Um, and we'll try to uh, come back to something that we left off uh, as a question and uh, see what we can learn. So the most basic question with regard to tefillah is, of course, um, if uh, Shem has the greatest kindness, compassion, knows what's for our benefit, then what is the real meaning of our asking for anything to be different in our life than the way it is already? And we find clearly in the Mishnah that tefillah is supposed to be in a manner of supplication of asking for compassion, beseeching Hashem. And um, this Sefer Shalom Kodesh brings in one of the powerful means of helping to have the best good focus and tefillah is when we have a real need. So certainly um, we're not imagining that we know better than um, what Hashem has provided to us. And to this we saw in the say for Ikrim, that um, there is a design by Hashem, which we can understand quite well, that a person's um, life situation is very interconnected with their personal spiritual level. Through the effort of tefillah and all that it is meant to give to a person to lift up his spiritual level, a person becomes more able to receive all the bracha of Hashem. And similarly, in a situation where there may have been a, a negative decree against a person, he could change his whole self-definition to tefillah. This is transforming a person. And then he's different than the one who was decreed on. He doesn't need that negative decree. But even in the positive, Ramam says, At the says, and the v'alchah's tshuva, all the blessings of the Taira are not um, as a reward for the mitzvot, but when a person is sincerely trying to serve Hashem, he's helped to receive all the good help to be able to do it in the best good way. So we can understand how there is a very understandable connection between a person bringing himself closer to Hashem. Still, we need to, to define what is the true essence of that spiritual elevation, which would have to be the real mitzvah of tefillah. The mitzvah of tefillah, as far as we can understand, simply cannot be for the sake of our gaining all those uh, good benefits that we uh, feel the need for in our personal situation. And certainly the ones that are helping us in a spiritual way, we. Uh, should feel the need for them to be able to serve Hashem the best way possible. So, can it be that the real goal of it is to accomplish the life benefits? That's the other way around. These life situations are given to us as the means to help us to accomplish the real spiritual achievements. And they also very often can have the benefits of changing our life situation. And the truth is that our our attitude about it should not be that we are like only desirous of things changing. And Hashem may have a plan that it shouldn't change. And We're able to accept that. We should be able to accept that there could be reasons why things need to be the way they are and remain the way they are, even while we are truly sincerely asking Hashem to change. So, so we need to define. What is the real essence in the spiritual uh, uh, components of tefillah? So we see in many good sources <clears throat> one seemingly primary idea. This is found in in the first piece in chachma in the second volume, in Rav and even earlier sources in Maral and Sivahavoyde Paragimel in Beis of the MaBit. That essentially in Chavosal Vamos, essentially a person is bringing himself into the awareness that is only Hashem who can and does provide a person with everything that they need, everything that they have. There's no one else to turn to. There's no one else that can give a person anything, or that does give a person anything. It's solely, purely, only from Hashem. Hashem is the one who is involved with us in our life. And through that experience of asking, especially with somebody that we truly sense a need for, we are bringing ourselves into the keen awareness that it is Hashem alone who can give it to us. And if we ever have that kind of tefillah in our life, whether somebody that we need or that we experience as needing very, very badly, and we sincerely, sincerely turn to Hashem to give it to us, then we will know what that is. That's, we come to realize that it's only Hashem who can give it. And this definitely seems to be a primary and central element of tefillah. It may be the most fundamental as it seems from all these sources that are highlighting this. It is causing us to realize, helping us to realize, Hashem is the one who is the only one who gives us everything and who can give us anything. How does that sound so far? Okay. I hope it's okay. Now, There seems to be another element that um, is present in this process of asking Hashem for Rachel. And after all, there is a place for some added explanation because so-called we're not simply coming and making a declaration of the awareness that Hashem is the one who has all the power and gives us everything. We're doing it specifically in a manner of, of asking for it. Now, it could very well be that this, this process of asking is the one that enables us the best. Similar, as says, it's comparable to when a poor person is asking for a gift from a rich person. But, self close self it's not identical to that. Because in the human experience, there could be, of course, very understandably, an effort on the part of the one who's asking to evoke the feelings of compassion that are dormant in the one who has the capacity to help them and give to them. And of course, by Hashem, that is uh, not possible and not necessary. So when we're asking for Hashem, we're not in, intending to have any influence, so to speak. It's completely our experience. We are asking for Hashem's compassion. So it seems like there may be more than just coming to the awareness that Hashem is the one. It's not just saying, Einer it's, it's described by, by, by Chazal, Mishnah, Halacha, has to be Racham in Misachanum. I'm asking for compassion. I'm beseeching Hashem's Midasa Racham. So, what, is, what is, a, is it about that that might be the cause of a person themselves becoming more worthy of receiving that Racham? Can we understand how that's taking place? that we are now somehow more worthy to receive the Rahim of Hashem. So I think there's a Gemara in Yuma that can help us a little bit with this. We we made a start on it, but um, we only raised the questions. So we'll go back and uh, revisit them and see what we could try to figure out. So the Gemara brings that Talmidim of Rabbi Shem asked, why did Hashem take the approach in the Midbar of having the mon come down once a day, as opposed to once a year? Not spelled out, what would have been the advantage of being once a year? But we could guess that uh, in a certain way, there will be a greater comfort in Klaus Scho's part. That they have it, they, they feel ready, they receive the bracha. They could still be in the midst of going to collect it, the Mar-ish says. And this is the question that the Gemara asks. And Hashem Baruchai answered with a mushal. And we know, of course, that whenever a mushal is being given, it's to help us to understand the concept that we might not be able to understand without it. So he says, I'll give you a marshal to explain this of a king who gave the son, crown prince, his yearly allowance once a year. And the son would come into the presence of the king once a year. So the father the king wasn't happy with that. So he changed the approach, and uh, he started sending him his allowance every day. Of course, uh, presumably through the same method of the royal treasurer, delivering it to the son, and the son didn't need to come to receive it from the father. And the Gemara says, isn't it proper that the son should come to the father's presence to receive father's presence every day? And another, a version of the Gemara, the gear says, and the son was doing that. He would then come to the father every day. And the Gemara continues. So too, in the situation of Kladisroel in the, in the Midbar, If there will be a family that had four or five children where they couldn't so expect to be able to buy the necessary provisions from any other source. They could only get it through the hands of Hashem. They'll be worrying somewhere at least deep down worrying maybe the mud is not going to come down today and uh, how, will, how will our children survive and they, through that they and the entire Jewish people would be directing their hearts to their father in heaven this caused them to direct their hearts towards Hashem every day so it sounds very beautiful Course, but um, there are some questions that, of course, we could ask. Then, um, most simply, uh, this yeah. seems to be quite a, uh, quite a straightforward answer. What really is the muscle adding? Couldn't they would have answered simply? If the cholesterol would receive the money once a year, they wouldn't have had that need to that's, that's uh, pulling of their heart. To turn to Hashem and to hope to Hashem every day. So there would have been uh, a little bit less in touch with that and not davening every day, not hoping to Hashem every day. So, what is really being added by the mushroom? And um, to make things a little bit more uh, complicated, so to speak. It doesn't seem to be a good match between the mushal, the case of the king and his son, and the case of cholesterol in the midbar. Because what would we think simply is uh, the reason for Hashem wanting cholesterol to be turning every day is to know where they're, know clearly, know very vividly where their sustenance is coming from. Once you have it for the year, or so. I sort of forget a little bit, it's, it's a little bit out of mind, out of sight, it's, if I need it to come every day, but I wonder also um, why it would be a matter of worrying if it's going to come down, it Should just be, you see it come down, so then you're reminded every day, I mean, there is a need for that, the yearning for it expectation, the hope for it, the need for it. But if it's just a matter of Kalal knowing clearly that's Hashem giving it to them, so that doesn't seem to be the case by the father and the son. Is that the reason why the king changed the, uh, the setup of the allowance to the prince every day that he should be reminded who is providing to him That's it's from his father? Has to do with the son coming. He wasn't coming to see him. It's not a matter of the son coming. If you if you send him his allowance day by day, he's reminded day by day it's coming from his father, the king. So what does it have to do with coming to the king's presence? And it doesn't seem it has to do with him asking for it. it doesn't even seem to be um, necessarily about thanking for It, it doesn't say that. Um, the son would thank the father every day, who would just he would come into his presence. Okay, it's reasonable that he would thank him, but it's talking about the more talks about, who would come into the presence of the king. So it doesn't seem reasonable to say that it's just for the son to know where his allowance is coming from, you're reminded. And if you start all the way around, what would be the most simple assumption of why the, the father the king wants his son to come we, we would naturally assume it's for the human need, the very valid human need of even a very great king to, to have that connection with his son but of course that can't apply by a and B'nai Yisrael because um, Hashem does not have the human need everything Hashem is doing is only for our benefit and I don't think like we could say this is just Hashem is only doing it for the sake of this being used by cholesterol as the muscle of the king and the son <laughs> it doesn't say anything about that it just says they were worried maybe it was not going to come down so they're directing their hearts to Hashem to be as the one of the source their sustenance. So here you have Klai hoping to Hashem to receive the man. You have the king wanting the son to come to be in his presence. How do these two sort of match with one another? We have to find something in the interaction of the, the king and the prince that could be applicable to Hashem with Klai Yisrael. And it's good to keep in mind that if uh, the Gemara is choosing a marshal of a king and a prince, that there has to be something very unique about a king and a prince. That is giving us uh, an understanding of the relationship of Kaal and Hashem. I don't think it's adequate to say that, you know, for Hashem's honor, it has to be a marshal of the king. <laughs> it has to be something very, very real about king and his son so let's try to figure out um, what could possibly be the intention of the king that's not for his own sake that would be for his son's sake. what might the king want his son the crown prince to gain through this process of coming into the king's presence every day Again, if it's just the the good human connection, the father-son connection, the um, opportunity to express his gratitude, then it could be by any father and son. It could be, you know, a wealthy, wealthy business person who's providing good allowance to his son. Of course, he wants to have a good connection with him he wants him to have a good appreciation. So if we're using the muscle of a king and a prince, there has to be something very special about that. If anybody wants to take a guess at this, they're invited. i try. You have, you have plenty of time. Oh, please, Gary, go ahead. Well, well, well you, could it could it be that Hashem? You know, it's a miracle, a, a nace, I guess, is what you call it. Because mm-hmm. water normally comes from the sky, and food normally comes from the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's a an, it, it's a miracle every day that food food came from the sky. Nature itself was reversed. Yes, and, absolutely. And and Cloudy Israel got a front row seat to see in the miracle every single day okay good good so so um, what is the critical component there that we could also find in the relationship of the king and his son the crown prince can we can we find something that could be a a uh, connecting elements that both I, these I, don't situations on that, share. On, I don't think on that level where where nature itself was reversed right so um I, th- I think that this component of the, the the enormity of what Hashem is doing for the Jewish people of even reversal of nature for them to see not just you know providing them in a more natural means, a more hidden means, but in a very obvious means. I think that's something that we could utilize. That we should hold on to it. Um, I think the easiest way to start is if we try to get on the wavelength of the king in this scenario. Of what what is the king's concern if the sun is only coming once a year and only seeing him once a year? or maybe if it only be a few times a year, or once a month. And it could could be possible that a crown prince has important affairs to be busy with, but he's not coming to be in the presence of his father, the king. What is he losing that's most needed besides the human connection, which also has its place, it should not be um, discounted. But what does the son need? very much as a crown prince, or as a future king. He needs support. Uh, well, for sure he has that. But what, what does he gain? What does he gain uniquely by coming into the presence? And, and the Lush of the Gomorrah is a fascinating Lush. Gemara uses the phrase, he's receiving makhbil p'ne I meaning like receiving his father's presence. He is he's having an audience. He's having a personal audience. You know, even, even our davening is described in that kind of a way of a personal audience. So, Sasharim so talks about how a person should try to envision himself. Even, even Halakha's brought, Shurur brings, to envision, envision oneself in the Kodesh Darshan or in Shamahib. But having a personal audience with Hashem And Hashem talks about it as Having a conversation Of course We're not hearing Hashem talk to us But we know that Hashem is listening Like as if we're talking to a friend That is listening to us So very personal Very close Very direct Now Now course, that we would imagine ourselves in the presence of Hashem, the primary element of it would be the awesomeness, which M. Shurman elaborates on. And he presents this as part of the quality of the great awe of Hashem. And one of the places where we can experience it is in tefillah, in that, in that kind of a uh, special interaction that we have. But I imagine that there could be a lot that a person could come to realize and recognize and be reminded of. So what does the king really want his son to be in touch with? My best guess is he wants him to be in touch with all the qualities that he will need to be a true king and will become the time for him to undertake that role. He needs to constantly see in his father as the representation of all the most outstanding qualities that a person can have that enables him to be a true king. All the qualities of devotion to his people constant involvement in caring for them. The utmost wisdom, devotion to truth, kindness, compassion, humility, every good quality that can be found in a person contributes to a king being a true king. And where is the son? Where can the son see this and be reminded of it? even if he's not spending a lot of time watching his father in action, but at least he's coming and in a sense, like keeping in touch with that awareness of all the greatness of his father, the king. All his kindness, all his compassion, all his love for his people. That's what he wants him to keep in touch with. To come into that presence and be reminded of, oh, this is what I have to become to the best of my ability to be able to be a true king one day. <sighs> so here's the question, Say: Could it be that when we are turning to Hashem and essentially in our, in our action of tefillah, asking Hashem for compassion, that we are essentially putting ourselves in contact, in recognition of Hashem's infinite kindness and compassion. We're coming to ask for, for rachman, for chesed, from the source of chesed. And it's coming to teach us what we are supposed to emulate, what we are supposed to be like. We are reminded of Hashem's infinite kindness and compassion in our asking for it. Like the of Abbas elaborates in, in the Middah, what a person needs to be able to truly trust. And the of Abbas and Basil Kim both talk about throwing our burden on Hashem relying upon Hashem, what are we relying upon, what base are we relying upon Hashem to care for us based on our recognition of Hashem's infinite kindness and compassion so could it be that we are supposed to be being reminded reminding ourselves of that and calling upon ourselves to emulate that to be like that Hashem wants us to be in touch with His infinite Rachman, so that we should know, oh, this is what I have to be also. We have to almost be accepting upon ourselves at the same time to do what we can to follow in the ways of Hashem. And if we are becoming aware of Hashem's kindness, compassion, in such a manner that it is Drawing us, that it is teaching us, and which we are learning at the same time to follow that that great teaching of Hashem's shleimus to know this is this is shleimus, this is goodness, this is what even we are supposed to be. Then we actually become worthy of receiving the compassion. We are seeing, it. we are appreciating, it. we are learning from it. We are becoming it. We are committing ourselves to it. At least we could, if we would be properly focused on it. We would know, oh, this is shameless. This is what I have to try to follow. This is what I need to commit myself to follow. Oh, then we are becoming ourselves more like Hashem in that process. We're not just becoming aware that Hashem is the one who has all the power, that Hashem is the one who we have to rely upon. We're becoming aware Hashem is the one who we can rely upon. We're becoming aware who that's what Hashem wants us to see, wants us to know, wants us to learn from wants us to make ourselves to be like as much as we can. So that we have an opportunity to give kindness and compassion, that we are already empowered to do that. And we have learned to do that, that we are eager to do that. The, uh, the Baha'i and Kisisa says that the Yud form the source for our tefillah. We don't have korbanas anymore, only have tefillah. And our seder at tefillah is essentially being drawn from the yud midas of Rachel. And say, Sefer, our says, Has Hashem showed us to Moshe Rabbeinu to teach Moshe Rabbeinu to go in those ways. So can we imagine ourselves engaging in that kind of process? And I wonder, even in that um, sort of life situation, that prototype of an Ani who is asking for help from an Ashir, does it necessarily have to be only a matter of trying to like evoke the human emotion of, of pity? Or could it also be that the Ani is recognizing in the Ashir that he has that quality of compassion and he is learning from it. And he is worthy of receiving it because that process of his receiving it will strengthen it within him to also be more compassionate in his own life. And it's almost that what the, what the rich person is giving to the honey is not only the physical assistance, but is also the, the embodiment of that conduct, of that caring for another person of that sharing what he has to share and that's something that every person has in their own way something that they can give and share with others and the ani is recognizing it and he is ready to be receiving the lesson of it he's preparing himself he could he could be engaging in the process in that kind of a way that the, the kindness that's gonna be stowed to him is not gonna be short-lived. It will be a, uh, a good sort of uh, you know, springboard for more and more. Like the episode that uh, Pesach Rohn had in his life where someone lent him a time of significant need and uh, in those days, a substantial amount of money. When he came to pay back, he said, don't pay it back to me. Do the same thing for somebody and tell them to do the same thing. Find somebody who needs this this money and give them the loan and tell them to pay it back by finding somebody else. Not that can be in all our life interactions. When we're helping somebody, we're modeling for them. They're receiving that. And certainly when it comes to Hashem, we are coming to Hashem to ask. What we we're actually doing is we're putting ourselves in touch with Hashem's midah, so we are placing ourselves in a position to learn from, to want to emulate, but we just needs awareness and consciousness. I don't know if it's enough to rely upon it happening automatically. So in that sense, the more miraculous Hashem's kindness was, the more of a demonstration of Hashem's love it was to the Jewish nation, that he's doing for them something miraculous that maybe is only for the purpose of them being able to see as clearly as possible is Hashem caring for them in a personal way, giving them that closest of the relationship, and that's all we're, we're coming to learn. Hashem is involved with us in a personal way. He's aware of all our needs. He's never losing focus on us. He's directing our lives in every aspect. And when we feel that there's something that there's room for the brachas to be increased, we're supposed to use that opportunity to come and ask for it. But the asking is not just... Recognizing Hashem as the giver, but Hashem as the giver with all of his kindness and compassion. Not just the one who is all powerful, but the one who is all giving. The one who is. The one who is. So that's all part of what we are trying to recognize coming to recognize that. So we recognize that and we take this in, we try to learn from it, try to commit ourselves to follow that example, to recognize its its absolute truth and goodness. Then we will want to be that in our thoughts, in our actions, our feelings. then we actually become most worthy of receiving that compassion, which will only increase our recognition of it. We will be able to recognize Hashem's good and want to follow it more and more. And that will be the, the true accomplishment of the tefillah, working together with the effect of the tefillah. Okay, does this make any sense to anybody? <laughs> I, think, I think I understand the idea. I'm sure there's more to understand, but I, I just, I lost a little bit the, uh, the basis of it along the way, uh, where it came from. I, I, Again, this, maybe, yeah. the, the main point is, what does the king want the son to see? What does he want for his son? when he wants him to come every day. The son is receiving the allowance every day and he understands it's proper, he should come. Father is sending it to him day by day. He has a reason, the son understands. It's correct for him to come to the father's presence every day. What does the the father the king want the son to gain from that? Of course, good human connection, but that will be by any person. What does the king want the prince to see? To receive? So, my assumption is the reminder of all the qualities that the king possesses, that the son needs to be the king that he could be. I see. And that's what we have to be learning from Hashem. We are asking Hashem's Rahman, as is spelled out quite clearly. Um, you, know, you know, it's suffered. But you think about only Gilgimel Midas. No, it could be any tefillah. Any tefillah is we're asking for Rahman. Oh, because Hashem is Barahman. How much infinite? Or how much can I, can I bring into my life? Okay, maybe a little bit more. So it is, it is putting us into close contact. So when we are entering into that private audience with Hashem. We are not just in contact with Hashem's awesome greatness. We are also in contact with Hashem's awesome goodness, Hashem's awesome love. And, see. Wow. Uh, Nefer Shechem touches on a dreg of Ava and Tevila that we can't even describe. So I'm not even going go anywhere near there. <laughs> but this, this year of Ava, that can be coexisting in a very, very powerful way. It's like pouring of Rahman is coming oh. oh, can I, can I be like that a little bit, a little bit more? Can I find the place? Of course we shouldn't engage in davening of finding the place in our life where we can be more, more of Rachman. We could just know this is the Shlemest of Hashem. That's, 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 where I'm, that's what I'm approaching. That's what I'm appealing to. That's what I'm putting myself in touch with. That's what I'm trying to create within myself. And that will be a valid basis. That's, oh, I'm going with the Hashem. The more that I receive it, the more I'm going to recognize it. The more I want to emulate it. The more I'll be worthy to receive it to enable me to be involved in learning Hashem's Torah and keeping his mitzvahs and being in touch with his chesed and Rafi and especially I think in light of what we learned uh, recently that everything that we're doing in any and all mitzvahs is trying to bring about Hashem's infinite chesed and we are critically (laughs) charged with that mission to bring about Hashem's chesed of our coming closer and able to receive his ultimate chesed so of course we're in touch with Hashem's chesed we are the agents of it. That's everything that we're doing in Triumph is bringing about the Chesed Hashem, even in Olam Hazyar, and certainly for, for everyone. So that's there. a very powerful connection with the Chesed of Hashem and being applied also to any given life situation. Okay, thank you. Okay. So thank you. Uh, any thoughts, everybody Any other thoughts? Uh, Gary, how does it sound? Okay. It sounds good. So, so, so the king wants the prince to come and learn more at his feet than being an independent person. And and he needs that combination, of course, of course. Most of the day, the son, the prince, will be independent. But he needs to have an ongoing connection and reminder of what are those qualities that the king possesses that makes him such a beloved, such an outstanding, such a successful king. Is always devoted to his people, always involved with them, courageous, committed, loyal, protective, truthful, dependable, kind, compassionate, humble, every good quality that a human being can possess, a king has to have. Oh, the son could see all that, he could be reminded it's like like this is the mussel for uh, the that great principle that uh, the practice of the great tzaddikim was brought in the beginning of Shulchan Aruch of placing Hashem before us always. so even if we can't you know accomplish that highest level, but at least when we're davening, we're having a focus on Hashem because it's meant to be. I would see from here on all of Hashem's midos hashlemes. Shem is listening to us. What greater humility is there than that? Shem is listening to us, every person. He's giving us the private audience with him. I thought that our tools are, I don't know, heard or responded to, or it depends where we're holding, depends on our kavana. we're not always being listened to. And Ms. I, I, Ms. I guess it so, so, came out wrong, but yeah. I don't know, okay, I don't know, but the, 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 word, the, the word listen to sometimes can be a little sort of used different ways. There could be a way that's used in terms of, of that what, what we're asking for shall be, shall be granted, so to speak, shall be given to us. That's one kind of a listen to, I think, that's used in Russian Kodesh. But from Mr. Sharm's description, Mr. Sharm is describing, we should imagine ourselves of having a private audience like we'd be speaking to a human being who is listening to us. So, of course, you know, Hashem is all-knowing, so it doesn't require a private audience, but we are supposed to try to experience it as best we can, that we're being ushered into Hashem's private chamber, as the melech taking us. Um, I I think it's worth noting that it's um, important components to be able to um, enable ourselves to be comfortable in Hashem's presence. Hey, if we, if we, we have a fear, giving him a lot of uh, midos, that would me, just to focus on all the midos will take away from half a oven. <laughs> okay, I hear that. But Chazal is saying it should be Rachmin Misachnun. This means I'm appealing to Hashem's Rachmin. <laughs> um, I'm addressing whatever that means. means I'm coming. Into awareness of Hashem's midas rachman, that even as, as the Beis HaMachayev spells out very clearly, how the Yedgimah even then we find other sources, even to a Russia, Hashem is still keeping him alive. He's giving him ch- chances, hoping he'll do tshuva, like like the Sefer HaZmira about the, the first nine makos. It wasn't as as a punishment. I was all to try to get even the midrashim. That's quite quite. Uh, Guilty of a severe wrongdoing, to empower, to able to do tshuva. So, once in shuv shuv if he does tshuva, everything is everything is corrected. Everything is moved. It can be totally transformed. He says they're that they could have reached tshuva meyav, the highest level. That's that's. Transforms everything into, into zechuyes. So Hashem's rachim, meaning a person doesn't have to be held back by, oh, but I, I have, I have this I did wrong, I this I did wrong. Hashem is taking us in. Hashem is murachim one as Hashem wants the closeness with us. There's no barrier, but we may be able to identify in ourselves that there could be barriers, and to try to find a way to loosen and lessen those barriers, to like not give in to those thoughts, those are just thoughts, those are feelings that's very, very easy, very prevalent, but to know in our heart our hearts, the truth that Hashem is totally caring for us. And um, even those sort of contrary thoughts, that's not the MS. And we could like sort of leave them aside and let them pass, we can be able to be comfortable and not be held back by thinking that Hashem is judging us harshly. Hashem is accepting us into His inner chamber with, with infinite love, with infinite compassion. Some, some requests may not be the right time to be answered, without it for the gula for a while. <laughs> there's a, the cheshme a for everything, but our approach should be that's if this can be fulfilled, we're asking Hashem is to, his to give it to us. And the Gross says that Tfila for Ruchnius is a very um, good you know, expectation that will be answered. Gashmius thinks it's much more of a question because we know less what the Hezronites might be for that, but still, we're not asking for it in opposition to Hashem's plan, we're accepting of Hashem's plan, but we're using it as the means to come in contact with the awareness Hashem is the one to provide and it's, and it's out of his chesed. He has no need. It's all for us. So, oh, that's what we have to try to emulate. That's what we can in the Kabul upon ourselves. And Darizal says that the introduction to tefillah is the midst of to the to unite with Klal Yisrael every yid we're one unit. That's that's powerful, powerful, midah of connection that Hashem gives to us that Hashem employs towards us, and we can also be, you know, even starting with tefillah. We have to come as a tzibor. We have to dive for the tzibor. So, even as the the introduction to tefillah, it needs to be that that attempt at the Samidas so of oneness with calling Strong every Jew. Okay. Okay I think uh, this is a good poison point. Okay. Okay. Shakaya Rabai